on this beautiful Sunday morning. It is wonderful to see all of you here, and so many of you are here. It, it feels like pre-COVID times all of a sudden. Oh my goodness. So it's wonderful to see all of you here this morning, and it's great to see all of you guys here as morning and this morning as well. Now, friends, let's start with the passing of the peace. So the peace of Christ be with you all. And let's take a moment first to wave to folks online. Good morning. And then to greet one another. Take a moment to greet each other. I know. And let us gather in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you this morning when we ask, Lord, that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit and bless us with your power as we worship you this morning. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. All right, kiddos, are you guys ready for a children's moment? What? Let's try that one more time. Raise your hand if you're ready for a children's moment. Okay, a few of you. All right, kiddos. So here we go. 
So, do you know that Jesus had, who knows how many disciples Jesus had? Ooh, good job, Adam. Jesus had 12 disciples. Do you think that all the disciples always got along? No. Do you get along with all of your friends all the time? No, especially not all 12. If you have 12 friends, then occasionally there's going to be some differences sometime. Well, Jesus' disciples, they were, they were, of course, all friends. They, of course, all got along most of the time, but sometimes they didn't quite get along. And there was a time where once there were a couple of them who did something to make the others upset. They said something that made the other disciples upset. Two of them, actually, they were brothers. Their names were James and John, and they said something to make their other disciples really, really mad. Now, I've got something right here. You guys see this? I need a little volunteer. Who, where's my little, hey, we, I, Zoe, you come here. Come here, Zoe. Okay, Zoe, do you think you can easily squeeze this onto this plate? Okay, not on the carpet, though. There we go, just on the plate. Okay, try to squeeze all of it onto the plate. Do you think you can do that? Oh, wow. Can you guys see what's going on? It's coming out. There's lotion right there, and it's coming out quite easily. There we go. Okay, Zoe. Now, can you put that all back in this? Nope. You can't put it back in the container? Nope. Are you sure? It would be pretty hard, wouldn't it? Well, so this is a nice little lesson about the words that we speak. It's really easy to say things, isn't it? It's easy to open our mouths and talk, and it's easy to say things, but it's harder to take the words that we say back, isn't it? Well, Jesus' disciples learned that because there were two of his disciples that said things that were a little bit mean and the, uh, hurt the other disciples' feelings, and it's hard to take those words back. I think we can learn from that lesson, too, because sometimes we have to be careful about the words that we speak, especially if we're talking to friends, especially if maybe we say something that could hurt their feelings. So sometimes, just like we can easily squeeze this lotion out of the container, but we can't easily put it back in, sometimes we have to be careful about the words that we speak, because it's hard to take those words back. And Jesus' disciples learned that lesson themselves. All right, friends, you guys are... That is a baby, yes. Okay, we're going to go off to Sunday school now, so let's stand and let's say a prayer. Let's stand and let's say a prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you today. Pour your Holy Spirit upon us so that we can be smart with the words that we say. Help us to be good and loving friends to all. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. And you can go off to Sunday school. Though my children with my blessing ever alone, waking, sleeping, I am with you, you are my own. In my love's baptismal river, I have made you mine forever. Go, my children with my blessing, you are my own. And now, friends, I know that we have some announcements to be made. So if you have any announcements, come forward at this time, and you can make them here. Good morning. So uh, I am the first of a few weeks in a row here, and you're going to ask me, what is the first of something? 
the first of something is this. Every week we are going to uh, different representatives, I'm going to be the first this week, to talk about uh, the different groups and activities and uh, missions within the church that we have set up. So committees are formed uh, around these different activities to do the best that we can within the congregational activities, uh, as well as to our friends and neighbors outside, etc. So the first one, we're going to talk about coffee hour. Uh, I know we've reintroduced a kind of a new concept uh, within the coffee hour, uh, having only one instead of one after every service. And the idea behind that coffee hour is as we conceived it between the two boards uh, was that basically the two congregations that don't always have a lot of interaction between the two, that's our nexus point. So that's our point of crossover, right? Between the time when uh, we come in in the first service and when the second service comes in. So we wanna make that something that we can share together as the two parts of our beautiful congregation, the many members that we know, et cetera. Um, so there's two things, stay. I'm gonna ask you just to stay. And if you, you, know, you come in for the second service in different weeks, come early. See each other, say hi to each other. And we know each other, um, and uh, you know that's beautiful. The second thing I'm gonna ask is that if anybody is interested in contributing to um, the cause, you can bake, you can uh, volunteer to help clean up, to help set up, to help with different functions around that activity, uh, help serve a coffee, etc. cetera. Uh, anyone is welcome to do that. We have a sign up. Uh, online to be able to do that um, we, and so please do please pitch in one whether it's one week a month one week every however whatever interval works for you but that fellowship that makes this congregation even better that's it I'll just put that down a little bit <laughs> good morning everyone um, I just wanted to remind you that we have our virtual meat raffle that is coming up on Saturday, November 6th. Um, now, the last day to purchase tickets is October 31st, so don't be too scared, but that's only two weeks away. Um, so there's two ways that you can purchase your tickets. Uh, you can purchase them online at zionucton.com slash meat. Uh, or you can purchase them in person. Um, I'll be selling the tickets from now until October 31st in Cook Hall um, during our coffee hour. So please come and join me um, in Cook Hall if you have any questions, if you'd like to purchase tickets in person, um, or if you just want to say hi. Um, so we look forward to seeing everyone there and hope for it to be a very successful event. Thank you. And now, friends, will you join with me as we join our hearts and our minds together in prayer to light our peace candle. Let us light this candle and let us pray. Holy and loving God, we turn to you at this moment. And we ask, Lord, as we turn our hearts and our minds towards you, that you help us to be instruments of peace. Teach us your peace. Teach us your ways. And help us, Lord, to be instruments of your peace in this world. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen.
prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving I'll be a living sanctuary. Please join me in the morning litany. Come, come and worship, you who woke early and you who slept late. Come and worship, you who come often and you who don't. Come and worship, whether we are first or last or somewhere in between. Come and worship. There is room for all of us in God's kingdom. Come, come and worship. Come and worship. There is more than enough grace to go around. Come, come and worship. Savior, I know for sure, all of my days are held in your hand, crafted into your perfect plan. You gently call me into your presence, guiding me by. Your Holy Spirit, teach me, dear Lord, to live all of my life through your eyes. I'm captured by your holy calling, set me apart. I know you're drawing me to yourself.
Will you please open your pew Bibles to the Gospel of Mark? And I will tell you, we are really slowly making our way through the Gospel of Mark with the help of the lectionary. And it says we're going to start with verse 35. We're actually going to start with verse 32. So starting with verse 32, that actually comes from part of last week's lectionary. But I had stopped just short of it last week. So we're going to back up a little bit. We're going to start with verse 32 of the 10th chapter. And then we are going to read through verse 45. So open up to the Gospel of Mark, the 10th chapter, starting with verse 32. And if you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Oh, goodness, friends, are you ready to hear the word of the Lord? I know you've got more power in you. If you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Amen. Ah, that's better. All right, starting with verse 32. Now they, meaning Jesus and his disciples, were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them, and they were amazed, and those who followed were afraid. And Jesus took the twelve aside, and he began to tell them what was going to happen, saying, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death, and then they will hand him over to the Gentiles, and they will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. And after three days, he will rise again. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to him and said, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What is it that you want me to do for you? And they said, Grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left hand in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized by the baptism that I am baptized with? And they replied, We are able. And then Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink you will drink, and the baptism with which I am baptized you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And then when the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called them and said, 
You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them, but it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. channel of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me bring your love. Where there is injury or pardon, Lord. And where there's doubt, true faith in you. channel of your peace. When there's despair in life, let me bring hope. When there is darkness, only light. And where there's sadness, ever joy. O Master, grant Sold as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love with all my soul. Make me a channel of your peace. It is in pardoning that we. that we receive, and in dying that we're born to eternal life. Amen. And let us pray. Holy and loving Lord, we turn to you now, Lord. We turn to you and we ask, Lord, that you bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds, so that all that we do and all that we say can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. So as I mentioned, we are very slowly making our way through the Gospel of Mark. And as we were just reading this, you might be like, doesn't this sound like what we read just a couple weeks ago? Doesn't this sound familiar? You know, weren't the disciples just arguing with one another about which one of them was the greatest? And then we hear how we have two of the disciples who are trying to snag a special place in the kingdom. They're trying to snag a super special place above and beyond. 
beyond the other disciples. So I can imagine that you might be hearing this and thinking, hmm, this sounds a little bit familiar. And yet it seems like Jesus has already made it pretty clear that, that we are not supposed to be competing with one another. We're not supposed to want to be greater than another. I mean, in two different instances, Jesus picked up innocent children and he lifted up the innocent children and he told his disciples to be like the children. So we've got to be wondering, like, why are the disciples being a little bit slow here? Does, does that kind of strike you as we're reading our way through this, especially if you've been with us for the past couple weeks, even maybe the past two months? You've got to wonder, are the disciples being a little slow to understand the message of Jesus? And if you're really asking that question, the answer is yes. Yes, they are being a little bit slow here. But you know what? The disciples are human. <laughs> The disciples are human, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I can be a little bit slow to understand things sometimes. Sometimes I need to hear things not just once, but maybe a second time or a third time, and sometimes even maybe a fourth or a fifth time. Anybody going to be honest with me? Sometimes I can be a little bit slow, especially if I can be stuck in my ways, and that's exactly what was happening with two of these disciples, with James and John. They were brothers. Now, I love that they were brothers because sometimes brothers can be a little bit competitive with one another can they not sometimes brothers can be a little extra competitive with one another and we have these two brothers James and John who are walking with Jesus and as they're walking down the road with Jesus Jesus starts telling all the disciples that you know what's going to happen he's going to die He is going to die, and this isn't the first time that he's told them this. This isn't the second time that he's told them this. This is the third time that he has told them this. But you know what? They're people, and sometimes us people can be a little bit slow, can we not? Sometimes we need to hear things again and again in order for it to really absorb within our minds. And so they're walking down the road with Jesus, and as they're walking with Jesus and talking with Jesus, Jesus looks at his disciples, and he tells them that he's going to die. That his life is is going to soon come to an end, but he also tells them that after he dies, then he will rise again. But the disciples, they're so stuck on what they think that the Messiah will be. They, They have these hopes that the Messiah is not going to die and then rise again and go into the kingdom of God. They have the hopes that the Messiah is going to come and abolish the Roman Empire and become the king of Israel. That is their hopes, no matter what Jesus says. And so two of these disciples, James and John, and by the way, that's the name of my uh, little brother and my stepdad. So I've been laughing about this all, all week long. But James and John, you know, they're listening to Jesus. But they're not really absorbing what he's saying. And so the two of them, one thing that they had heard Jesus say, they had heard Jesus say, ask and you shall receive. And so the two of them, they're walking and they're dreaming. They're dreaming about a day when maybe their teacher will become king of Israel. They're dreaming of the day when the Roman Empire is abolished. They're dreaming of the day when their teacher will be king. And as they're dreaming of the day and ignoring everything that Jesus had just said to them, they're not listening to what Jesus had just said to them. They start talking and they're like, ooh, you know, you know, there's a lot of us here in this small cohort. There's 12 of us plus all of the others who are gathered around. And so these two brothers start talking and they start getting a little sneaky and they go, Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. And so they go up to Jesus and they're like, Jesus, give us what we're going to ask of you. And I love how Jesus is like, okay, what is it? You know that Jesus already knows what they're going to ask. This is Jesus after all, but Jesus humors them. And he says, okay, what is it? What is it that you want to ask of me? 
What is it that you want to ask at this moment? And they look at Jesus and they say, give us the positions of power when you become king of Israel. Give us the most prestigious positions above and beyond everyone else. Give us the ability to sit at your right hand and at your left hand when you are one day king of Israel. And I imagine Jesus being like, oh my goodness, you people, you can be oh so slow. I imagine Jesus being like, didn't I already tell you not once, not twice, but three times that I was going to die? Didn't I already tell you that three times? That's what I imagine Jesus saying. But so Jesus, he, he, he talks to his disciples and he's like, well, I don't really think that you understand exactly what you're asking. Basically, we know that Jesus is saying, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is in the kingdom of heaven. And if you want to sit at my right hand and at my left hand in the kingdom of heaven, you don't really know what you are asking for. But here's the thing, the really interesting thing. As these disciples ask Jesus to sit at his right and to sit at his left, they want to elevate themselves above the other disciples because they know that there are 12 of them and they know that there will continue to be a large group of them and they want to solidify their spot as special disciples. They want that prestige. They want that power. They are naturally competitive and they want to one-up all of the rest of their disciples, all of the rest of their cohort And then the others hear about it. And the others aren't too happy. Mark tells us that when the others hear about it, they actually become angry. And so I can only imagine Jesus kind of calming down the whole situation. As the other disciples become angry at James and John, Jesus calms down the uh, the whole entire situation and he tells all of them that they're not supposed to be like the Gentiles. They're not supposed to compete with one another for positions of power. They are not supposed to compete with one another over which one of them is the greatest, but instead they are supposed to be different. Now let's just think about it, friends. It is human nature to be a little bit competitive, is it not? We all have a little bit of competition within us. It is part of the human nature to be competitive. All of us have some competition within us, but just like everything else, competition has a time and a place. If you're playing a game, if you are actively playing a game, uh, say a game of soccer, then of course you need to be competitive in that moment, in that game. But the second that the game is over, you need to drop the competition. You know, I coach my my little nine-year-old soccer team, and after that soccer game is over, regardless of who won or who lost, they need to stand there and congratulate one another. Because while we need to be competitive during the game, because otherwise that would be one really, really boring game to watch if nobody's going to be competitive at all and nobody wants to score on one another that's going to be a pretty you know boring game to watch so while we need to be competitive in that moment after the game is over after the competition is complete we need to calm down and take a step back and realize that there's a time and a place for competition and that time and that place has ended Just think about NFL games. You know, it's Sunday, so of course there's going to be football games. Do you know that one of my favorite things to watch on a football game, and and if you know me, I don't pay too much attention to the football games, but my favorite thing is when the cameras are still rolling after the game. Do you ever pay attention to that? When the cameras are still rolling after the game, and you see all these players from opposing teams come together and give each other hugs, and they've got these huge smiles on their face, whether they won or whether they lost, because you know what? Even though they were playing on two different 
different teams. Once upon a time, they played on the same team. Maybe once upon a time, they were on the same college football team. Maybe once upon a time, they were roommates and they were best friends. So when they see each other after the game is over, regardless of who won or who lost, they embrace each other and they hug each other. And you see genuine joy on their faces because even professional athletes understand that competition has a time and its place and we can't be competitive every moment of every day. Just imagine how terrible life would be if every moment of every day we were always competitive. Imagine what this life would be like if we were always in competition mode. Oh, you can do that? (laughs) I'm going to do it better. Oh, you can do that? Oh, just wait. I'm going to show you up. Oh, you can do that? Guess what? I'm going to do everything I can to sabotage you so I can do things better. Just imagine what this world would look like if we never toned down the competition. So think about it. Jesus' disciples, he had James and he had John, the sons of Zebedee, these two brothers who weren't toning back the competition. They were dreaming of the day when Jesus would be king and they were being competitive with one another. They wanted to compete against the other ten. They wanted wanted positions of power. They wanted positions of prestige. They wanted to be elevated above everyone else. They were not toning down the competition until Jesus told them that there is not time for competition as we build the kingdom of God. As we are working to build and to spread the kingdom of God, quite honestly, there's no room for competition. Think about it. So often churches compete with one another. It's sad, but it's true. I'll tell you, I'm the moderator of the Western area. I can tell you that sometimes we try to get churches to work together, and sometimes churches want to compete with one another. Mr. Committee on Ministry over here is laughing because he knows it's true. He knows it for sure. He knows the same thing that I know. We want churches to work together. We want churches to be in relationship with each other, to do ministry with one another. Because imagine if we do ministry with one another, how great can we glorify God? If we churches do ministry with one another, then we can share the gospel. We can spread the good news of Jesus Christ even greater and even farther if we work together. But so often, we get competitive with one another. Because competition is kind of human nature. And so sometimes one church tries to one-up another church. One church tries to compete with another church. One church tries to act like it's better than the other church. And suddenly we're not working together to glorify the kingdom of God and to spread the gospel. But instead we're kind of sabotaging ourselves. Just think about Christians, all of us here who we gather here. Sometimes even Christians can compete with one another. It's a sad thing, but it's true. But what if instead of ever competing with each other, what if we shared each other's burdens? What if you're going through something hard and I see you not as somebody I want to compete with, but if I want you to unload on me so that together we can carry that burden and it's a little bit less on you. When we don't want to compete with one another, but we want to work together, It's an amazing thing. Just imagine if you have a success and you share your success with your friend and your friend doesn't want to compete with you or one-up with you, but celebrates with you. Then suddenly we're all celebrating together. What if I have a failure? Because you know what? We fail in life. What if I have a failure and I share that failure with you? 
But when I share that failure with you, you look at me not as if I'm a failure, but you lift me up. And suddenly that failure isn't such a failure anymore. The disciples, they were human. And two of them, they they didn't listen to what Jesus said. And they got competitive. But when we're competitive, we miss the point. Just imagine what this world would look like if we didn't desire to compete with one another, but we desire to lift each other up. Imagine what this world would be, look like if all of us churches came together to glorify God and to spread the gospel. Imagine if all of us came together as Christians, as brothers and sisters and siblings in Christ to support one another and not to compete with one another. Imagine what this world would look like. Because I'm here to tell you that this world would be a beautiful thing. This world would be an amazing thing if we stopped competing with each other. Whether we're here in this place or out there in the world, if we all stopped competing with each other and we all decided to lift each other up to share each other's burdens it would be an amazing thing because there's only one real thing we ever have to compete with in in this life there's only one real thing and that real thing that we need to compete with is forces of evil but you know what if all of us come together to love if all of us come together to support then evil doesn't stand a single chance against every any single one of us so imagine what this world would look like friends if we all came together James and John, they were a little slow, but like I said, I can be pretty darn slow too sometimes. James and John were a little slow when they were holding on to that competitive nature, but eventually they learned. They learned when Jesus gave his life up as a ransom for many, that we're not here to compete with one another. Competition has a time and its place on the sports teams, on the sports field, but that's it. We're not here to compete. We're here to love. We're here to support. We're here to validate one another. We are here to bless one another. And when we do that, God is glorified. And when we do that, the kingdom of God grows right in front of our eyes. Will you join with me in a moment of prayer? Holy and loving God, we turn to you, Lord knowing that there is no room for competition as we work to spread the gospel, knowing that there's no room for competition as we gather together with our brothers and sisters and siblings in Christ. Lord, help us to see that we're not here to compete with one another. We're not here to be better than anyone else. We are here to bless your name. We are here to support one another. We are here to love one another. And in doing so, we spread the message of your love. Help us, Lord, to be more loving in this time, in this place, and always. And we pray this and every prayer through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Let's continue our service of worship with our morning offerings. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. And now let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Let us pray together. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen.
strength. We bow down and worship Him now. How great, how awesome is He. Together we sing. Everyone sing. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. The earth is filled with His glory. And it's rising up all around. It's the anthem of the Lord's renown. And it's rising up. Now go forth with the blessing of God. Go forth with the love of Christ in your heart. Go forth, be blessed, and be a blessing to all.